It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. why go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of Sal, I told him, hey, listen, we got a brand new uh, intro. Too bad I didn't play it. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Hey, listen, if you want a uh, signed copy, you can... Just go to our website and click the book, uh, billycboxing.com. Just click the book or drop me an email, uh, billy at talkinboxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. If you do contact me directly uh, for a signed copy, we uh, we can give you a better deal. Anyway, um, I just want to remind everybody that we are, uh, for the rest of this year, uh, doing the once-a-week uh, version of the show. Uh, we will be revisit it uh, after uh, the first of the year. Um, but let's get going right now. Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin. We're going to talk about that fight in case you missed it. Um, the uh, What I look at is the heavyweight champion. Uh, Anthony Joshua stopped uh, Alexander Povetkin at 1 minute and 59 seconds of the seventh round to improve to 22-0 and 0 with 21 knockouts. That's right. It's only 22 pro fights this kid's had. Uh, and uh, Povetkin only loses for the second time in his career. He drops to 34 wins, two losses, uh, with 24 of his wins coming by knockout. His two losses uh, came at the hands of uh, AJ uh, last night and, of course, Vladimir Klitschko. Aside from that, uh, the 39-year-old uh, fighter, uh, has had a uh, very uh, successful career, and not that it's over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I still think he could beat uh, a lot of the heavyweights out there. Now, uh, what did I think of the fight? Well, um, I'll I tell you this. You know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Anthony Joshua has trouble with shorter fighters. It was so evident in this fight against Povetkin last night. Uh, he struggled in the beginning. As a matter of fact, the first couple of rounds I had to give to Povetkin. 
and then he got his groove going, so to speak. But but let me just tell you this. He looked, um, in my opinion, he looked uh, a little like a fish out of water fighting a smaller guy. Uh, he started uh, doing stupid things like keeping his uh, left down. When, he's, when he started getting into a groove, so to speak, his left hand dropped, and he seemed to be just uh, waiting for the knockout punch. Now, Povetkin was showing uh, me of several things. Number one, Anthony Joshua, as he moves on uh, to presumably fight the winner of Deontay Wilder against uh, Tyson Fury, that fight, which we'll talk about a little bit later, signed, sealed, and delivered for December 1st, assuming Anthony Joshua fights the winner of that fight next, he cannot, against either of those two guys, Wilder or Fury, he cannot take a couple of rounds to get going. He can't, especially if he's fighting Deontay Wilder. He can't do it. He'll find himself on his ass losing the fight, okay? Um, what happened in this fight against Povetkin was Povetkin jumped on him. It took a while. Uh, many people thought he broke his nose. He was bleeding. Uh, he had a glassy look in his face. Uh, for the first couple of rounds, he, he, to me, he looked like a fish out of water until he got the groove going. With that said, uh, I will make one statement before I go on, and uh, I'm going to bring on uh, my main man here in a sec. But I want to say one thing. Anthony Joshua, as much as I love him, there is no way that he would have beaten a prime Mike Tyson. He wouldn't have beaten a prime Rocky Marciano. I don't even think he would have beaten Jack Dempsey. Now, the reason I say this is because of his difficulty against shorter fighters. And trust me when I tell you, Alexander Povetkin was no Mike Tyson, was no Rocky Marciano, and certainly was no Jack Dempsey. All three of those uh, former great fighters or former champions, however you want to look at it, regardless of the size, would have taken Anthony Joshua, at least uh, the version we saw last night. Joining me right now to get his thoughts uh, is my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing well, my man. What'd you think of the fight? You know, I concur exactly what you uh, said. In fact, I, uh, you know, I had the fight pretty much all tied up after three rounds um, in my scoring, and I'll tell you. Povetkin made uh, Anthony Joshua look almost average uh, during those early rounds. And uh, I do agree with you. He does have trouble with, with uh, smaller fighters. And I, you know, always have said that Anthony Joshua is probably one of the most sound, solid, basic, fundamental fighters you can get out there, you can see today. But when I saw him with that left hand down, and uh, carrying it along his hip and things like that. All I had was visions of uh, of uh, either Tyson Fury or, as you know, my, my main man, Deontay Wilder, putting an overhand right, looping around with that big, big punch and putting AJ down and out. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what I looked at from last night's perspective. He was effective. He did catch him. But uh, Povetkin gave him all he wanted. You know, especially in those early rounds. Um, you know, I, I, like you, I couldn't help but thinking uh, uh, about the potential showdown between uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. And, um, you know, with Wilder, he has such freakish punching power. And 
if Anthony Joshua does, if he if he does what he seems to do in all of his fights, where he takes two, three, even four rounds to get going, the fight's going to be over quick. Um, he can't do that against a Deontay Wilder. He may be able to get away with that against Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury likes to grab you and hold you up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do that kind of thing. But against Deontay, no way. No way. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, Anthony Joshua, and, and I've analyzed this, and, and you, you know, our, our good friend of the show, my man Mitch, you know, uh, mm -hmm. he comments back and forth to me, and, and you know, I was, I was saying some stuff. But, you know, let's take some, some uh, known big guys, all right? Klitschko brothers, uh, you, you start off with him. Um, even Lennox Lewis, in, in a way. Uh, but the heavyweight division landscape when Lennox Lewis was there, was Lennox Lewis was the monster. So for for the most part, he had to face most of the his opponents were smaller than him. Uh, Klitschko, if you look at the both Klitschko brothers, if you go back and look at footage when they first started, uh, what you'll find is uh, you know they were they were not throwing their punches correctly for smaller guys. I, I contribute that to maybe a lot of sparring with each other. And they both became used to delivering and landing punches to guys their same size. Now, over time, both Klitschko brothers became very proficient in fighting shorter guys. If you look at their timeline of their video, uh, of videos of their timeline of their careers, you'll see, you know, somewhere along the line, all of a sudden they were delivering their punches downward. And they were very effective against the shorter fighters. Now, when the rest of the heavyweight division caught up with them size-wise, you had to see them relearn how to fight, uh, you know, guys the same size as them or even bigger. Now, when you look at Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, both have never really fought guys the same size as them because let's be honest, it's hard to find six foot seven, six foot eight guys. Um, you know, fighting that that are that are not playing basketball. So you know, both of these guys have had the luxury, especially Deontay, uh, to fight larger guys. I'm not saying he didn't fight all that he didn't fight any smaller guys, but for the most part, he's been able to fight uh, larger guys. And with Deontay, his uh, his unorthodox style uh, also leaves room for him to catch a smaller guy. Anthony Joshua has not. Anthony Joshua has fought. Really bigger guys. And when you look at his resume, the guys that he has fought, Sal, that were six foot four, and it's funny that we're calling six foot four guys small, but guys that he has fought that are six foot four or smaller, he has struggled with. Carlos Takam, Alexander Povetkin for a while. You know, these are guys that gave him a hard time. Um, I, I, you know, it's something that he has to work on, in my opinion. Oh, you're 100% correct. I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, Deontay Wilder, uh, all I could see was him coming at uh, Anthony Joshua like a windmill that he is. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would be something, uh, you know, well, look, look at it this way. Anthony Joshua is not going to have to fight a smaller guy his next couple of fights, especially if uh, the winner of uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, uh, Tyson Fury are going to be the next opponent. Um, you know, he's going to have to just uh, just look to strategize and see what he could do to get through either of those opponents. And uh, you know, I think I think the showdown and the 
the uh, marination process as much as you and I did not like it, as much as we didn't think that this fight should not have taken place this year. Um, you know, who knows? I hate to see, uh, but uh, that it could be in jeopardy, jeopardy uh, from an easy punch, uh, either from uh, Deontay Wilder taking from a, uh, uh, a Tyson Fury and getting hurt or something, or like last night, you know, Anthony Joshua was, was almost hurt, you know, last night with Pavetkin, and who knows what could have happened. So they rolled the dice. They're taking their calculated risks. And, um, you know, for this big mega showdown, which we hope we're going to see uh, in 2019. But, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua did his thing. And now we got to see if uh, Deontay Wilder will do his thing. And uh, uh, But uh, I'm still anticipating that fight. And that's the big one I want to see. Well, he was more than almost hurt in the first round. In that first oh, yeah. round, towards the end, uh, uh, he was rocked. And, he was rocked. And, it was and, great and, combination. Uh, uh, you know that what happened in, in that first round was he got he got tagged, he staggered back. Both his his body kind of went downward. Um, you know, like he sort of like he was ready to do a uh, what do they call those toe touch? You know, the, the, the exercise. <laughs> I mean, because he that's the way he looked. And then he, yeah. he staggered back, and uh, luckily the round ended. Uh, that's where uh, he got his nose a bit busted up. He was a little, uh, uh, you know, fuzzy, uh, it appeared, at least uh, uh, from uh, the, the version of the show I watched, but uh, of the event I watched. But, um, and, and it, took him, it took him a couple of more rounds to get going. And then when he did get going... He, he he had that hand. It was like he had. He reminded me of a Klitschko almost because he had his right hand cocked, ready to release, but that left hand was so low. Didn't like you know, it. I did not like. I, it. I didn't like it either. Now you know, we talk about. Um, I, I keep talking about his trouble with shorter fighters. Uh, luckily for him, the next uh, the, the his next opponent, regardless of who wins the fight between Wilder and and uh, Tyson Fury is not going to be a shorter fighter. But, you know, again, most probable it's going to be against uh, uh, Deontay Wilder. And I, I like Wilder's chances in this fight against Anthony Joshua if, if they do uh, meet in April like, uh, like this rumor. Uh, but uh, I, I like Wilder's chances if he comes out and jumps on Anthony Joshua from the opening bell. If he does that, Deontay Wilder could upset the apple cart very easily. I'm not oh, yeah. so sure that Anthony Joshua could get up uh, from uh, one of those freakish power punches from Deontay Wilder. Now, with that said, Anthony Joshua is much more refined, and if he can, if Deontay makes the mistake of letting Deont uh, letting Anthony Joshua get into his groove and dictate the pace. And, uh, you know, move uh, forward because, um, you know, there is rumor that AJ slows down in the later rounds. And if Deontay's game plan is to try to box with him and get him into the later rounds, I think that's a mistake. I think Wilder's best chance of winning the fight would be to jump all over uh, Anthony Joshua. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, it's almost like uh, Joshua with 22 fights may not have the experience. I hate to say it, even though it's against what I what I say all the time. Once you have a title, you 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 know you can't use that. But I think it showed last night, Sal, that 
that uh, he's not as refined as as we would like. No, and and like I said, I made the I made the comment earlier, and and, and I got to be careful because he looked almost ordinary or average last night in that fight uh, against Povetkin. And, uh, uh, you know, fortunately it did go his way. And, you know, he did count on his power. And once he landed that good solid shot that he was waiting for, it was all over. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, like you and I said, I, I just picture a Deontay Wilder, you know, he's going to, I think his best bet, and I agree with you, is to come out there and just jump on Anthony Joshua, knowing that he's a slow starter or knowing that he's going to maybe take a round or two to uh, get to do a wagon and motion and all that stuff. And I think if Deontay Wilder comes out there like uh, showing little respect and uh, uh, like, like we hoped, like we hoped uh, Triple G did last week, we won't go in there. <laughs> But uh, uh, I think that uh, it could be a, a, a good night for Deontay Wilder. Uh, it could be. You know, I mean, my opinion of Wilder hasn't changed. He's a one-trick pony. Uh, but that chi- that trick is a dangerous one. It's freakish power. It's freakish power. It's, 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 it's a night-ending trick. You know, and, and like I said, I'm going to reiterate, you know, I, I feel it's almost comical that we're talking about a six foot uh, four guy is being short, uh, six foot two guy being short, you know, uh, compared to me, uh, you know, uh, uh, what am I, what am I, a pair of boots for these guys, you know, at, at five foot eight. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I was a little concerned with it. I, I, it doesn't shock me. I said it all along that I didn't think this was an easy fight for Anthony Joshua. No, you said it all along. You know, um, uh, you know, uh, Carlos Takam p- p- proved it to me that it's no fluke that AJ has trouble with the shorter guys. Uh, his One of his next two opponents or his next opponent out of two possible guys, neither one are short. As a matter of fact, they're both taller than him. Um, but, uh, but his uh, traditionally slow start um, could, uh, could prove to be a problem uh, if uh, his next opponent is... Uh, Deontay Wilder uh, just to get you uh, caught up uh, with uh, the other fights on that card uh, in a uh, uh, lightweight eliminator for a WBC title Luke Campbell uh, avenged his loss against Yvonne Mindy uh, he improved 19 he improved to 19 and 2 with 15 knockouts Mindy drops to 40 wins five losses and a draw over a 12 round decision uh, 119, 119-109, 118-111, 116-112. Some scores all over the place, but uh, Luke Campbell doesn't care. He got the W. Uh, David Price, a former uh, heavyweight uh, champion, uh, former heavyweight contender, um, lost again. He drops to 22-6. and six. Uh, He couldn't uh, continue after the fourth round. Um, uh, Sergi Kuzman uh, improved to 13-0. and 0. Uh, with the TKO win. Uh, also in the cruiserweight division, a guy to keep an eye on, uh, Lawrence Oakley, improved to 10-0 uh, when he uh, uh, beat uh, Matty Askin for the uh, a British uh, cruiserweight title. Askin drops to 23 wins, four losses, and a draw. 116-110, uh, 114-112, 114-113. Were the way the three judges scored that. Uh, so uh, that was uh, what went on 
in the undercard, Sal. Uh, but uh, again, uh, you know, to me, uh, Anthony Joshua came on, uh, had a great knockout win, but up until that point, seemed to look, uh, well, the best way I can describe it is very ordinary. What's your thoughts? Yes, exactly. Concur with that. That's uh, exactly. He looked ordinary. And he looked like, uh, you know, he was thinking uh, out there instead of reacting. And, uh, you know, which is good. He was taking caution and uh, uh, he was being uh, respectful. I think he knew that Pivetkin had some power and, uh, you know, he didn't want to uh, open him up, with, uh, you know, too much. And, and uh, but that's why it, it also confused me to see his arm uh, carrying that left arm down so low. I mean, yes, maybe it's a bait. You, you, you lure your fighter in and you want him to come in thinking he's going to throw that overhand right or something like that. And then you can open up, step back and counter and do things. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I Like I said, I think that Anthony Joshua uh, just looked ordinary last night against uh, uh, Pivetkin. And, uh, but fortunately, you know, because of the equalizer, the punch, the big these big guys have is that punching power. Um, he was able to stop uh, stop the fight. Um, you know what 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 concerns me as Anthony Joshua moves forward. Something I like to see in in fighters, regardless of where they stand in terms of uh, you know age, experience, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is to get better. I you mean, you have improve. to yeah, yeah. you have to improve on every fight, Sal. You have to you have to learn from every fight. You have to go on. You have to display in what you learn. You know, in football, uh, my favorite college football team uh, is Alabama, and you know, I, I I love watching Nick Sabian, the the head coach. You know, they always uh, you know try to get a couple of words from him. You know, the team could be up uh, sixty to nothing. Uh, going into half, and they'll put the uh, uh, microphone in front of Nick Saban, and, and, and they'll say, how, "How do you think your team's doing?" And he'll get all pissed and be like, "Ah, well, you know, uh, we gave, uh, we let up that first down. The guys just aren't tackling. Just not. We got a lot of things to improve on uh, for the second half." And I'm saying, "It's sixty to nothing." You know, I mean, you know, what what do you do? Well, that kind of mentality, that kind of approach, is just should be uh, applied in the sport of boxing, regardless of how you look winning by knockout, dominating round after round. If you become complacent and you think that you're just going through the motions, that's when something freakish happens. You get caught. You get hurt. You get a, a, something that you weren't expecting, and the tables get turned. You know, that mentality, that, that um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, where is it? Well, well, not so much mindset. Urgency. You know, you can, in, 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 yes. in, in, in boxing – there always has to be a sense of urgency until the yes. fight is over. From the point that first bell rings to the point that the final bell is sounded or, or your hand is raised by a knockout, there has to be urgency on a fighter's part. In the beginning, the urgency would be, I got to win. I got to protect myself. As the fight goes on, especially if they you know appear to have fallen behind, you have to fight with urgency. And, and I see that Anthony Joshua does not. 
I think that, no. you know, and, and you know, it's a catch-22, Sal, because you don't want somebody all jacked up all the time either. You want no. them to be calm. You want them to, to, to have their wits about them and, and see these punches come and slow it down, slow the action down. You hear that in other sports a lot, and I think it applies to boxing too. Let, slow it down, see the punches coming, um, you know, so you're not letting emotions get into it. But there's got to be a, a, a pretty much of a, a midway point where, where you got to fight with urgency and be able to fight calmly. What, what's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I think you have to, you know, I used to use a term, people would look at the, how I was you know, jumping on opponents and stuff, and yeah, it was, I, 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 I sometimes in one interview I said, yeah, it's a controlled rage. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you're in control, you're not letting your emotions uh, out of the bag, but you are fighting, as I just put it together with you, with that sense of urgency. Hey, we got to win, we got to pick up, we got to look what's going on here, we got to assess, we got to jump on it, we can't wait. We're going to be reactive. We've got to make it happen. And that's, that, that's the urgency, you know? And, and I think uh, uh, some fighters have it. It's innate. Some fighters, you know, they have to uh, put this, push the starter button. And, and they realize it when maybe the fight, uh, fight is in jeopardy or whatever, and they turn it around. The champions can do that, or the good fighters can do that. They dig deep, and they turn it around. It's a sense of urgency. They don't want to lose. Um, you know, and... We we, ha- we well you know did did Anthony Joshua show a sense of urgency against uh, uh, Klitschko? I, I I think he did uh, when he came back and won after he got dropped. Uh, uh, but you know hey, everybody has a trigger, everybody has their their button, and uh, you know we're, that's what makes fights. That's what that's what makes fighting and boxing so unique and different from other sports because. Each man is being tested on an individual basis, and their reaction is uh, tested as well as how they're going to respond to either getting knocked down, uh, hurt, and or take for granted that they are cruising along for an easy victory and then get caught. Who knows? Hey, Sal, I want to give a shout-out and a thank you to uh, Juggernaut44. Gave us a uh, super chat, and he feels that we should get a junior heavyweight division. This is a topic that a lot of people have talked about. And uh, thanks for this super chat, uh, Juggernaut. Uh, we appreciate it. We need that. Um, but le- let me say this. You know, I, just like a lot of people discuss uh, in the heavyweight division, there's a lot of opinions about possibly having a junior heavyweight division similar to the Olympics or a super heavyweight division, whatever you want to look at it for these bigger guys. Um and uh, similar to the long ongoing uh, discussion of do we have a, here in the United States anyway, should we have a national uh, uh, boxing commission, government controlled? I vote no for both. You know know why I don't want a super heavyweight division or a junior heavyweight division, however you want to look at it? Because we got one. It's called the cruiserweight division. Cruiserweight, you know, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, the cruiserweight division up to 200 pounds, in a sense, would have housed a lot of former world heavyweight champions. The, oh, the, yeah. the, the two that I mentioned earlier uh, with Mike Tyson, and, and maybe even Mike Tyson, uh, if uh, you go back to it, I mean, a guy that weighed 211 pounds, 215 pounds in his prime, I'm sure uh, he could have got to 200 for a weigh-in. Uh, Jack Dempsey and Rocky Marciano, 
uh, both never fought close to that. 188, I think, was the heaviest Rocky ever fought at, oh, and, and, and and I think <laughs> I, I think uh, uh, Jack Dempsey as well. You know, so yeah. I mean, you know, guys that are are 180 pounds to 200 pounds, in a sense, are already junior heavyweights. We call them cruiserweights. That's why I don't understand why the cruiserweight division isn't as popular here in the states. Now, outside the United States, it certainly is. Um, but uh, I appreciate Juggernaut's uh, super very chat. Much, but, very much. but but hey, but but I, I just disagree. I, I just think that uh, that we should uh, focus a lot on the cruiserweights. And with that said, Sal, if there were more um, interest in the cruiserweights, what it, what would end up happening would be more fighters that are on that 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 cusp. The guy that could make 200, but then he beefs up and, and swings by a, a couple of buffets uh, to, to, to weigh 100, uh, to weigh 215 uh, campaigns in the heavyweight division. And the reason is because of money. They make more money, Sal. Well, it's true. And, you know, you look back at the old days with, uh, like, a, a Jimmy Kahn as a light heavyweight. Uh, not, not Jimmy Kahn. Uh, yeah. Um, coming up and fighting. Uh, Billy Kahn. Fight, Billy Kahn. I was thinking the actor, Jimmy Kahn. He fights well. As Sonny you know, or Santino in The Godfather, um, one of the worst beatings in the history in the film was against Carlo. Anyway, I'll tell you what: um, when uh, uh, Billy Kahn stepped up as a light heavyweight to fight Joe Lewis, I mean that's that's a big jump. You want to see more excitement and more attention given to the to the cruiserweights? Add ten pounds to the uh, division. Go up to 210, 220. There you got you got your medium. You got your junior uh, heavyweight, and you got your cruiserweight all built into one. Add 10 pounds to the division, and you'll solve that problem. And then you'll see cruiserweight champions challenging heavyweight champions and everything else. You're right. Maybe increase the cruiserweight division to 210. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know make it, uh, you know, uh, 180. Uh, to 210, you know, yep. ha have a, uh, technically it's 176 to, to yep. 199.9, uh, 200 actually is a, is a heavyweight, you know, so um, interesting, interesting. At uh, 10 pounds. But, but uh, I, you know, uh, people in the States need to uh, accept the cruiserweights. And uh, it's funny because I bet you that if all of a sudden we called, uh, you know, the heavyweight division a junior heavyweight or a super heavyweight, heavyweight more watch, people yeah. would watch it than they do the cruiserweights. You know, yeah. um, uh, maybe maybe call the cruiserweights a junior heavyweight. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it is what it is uh, with that. But, uh, again, uh, anybody that wants their uh, comment, uh, you know, be, be, become part of the show, just drop us a super chat over on the uh, – uh, YouTube version of the show. A lot of uh, mixed feelings on the uh, DAZN network. Uh, I actually have not heard anything good about um, the DAZN uh, uh, broadcast, not the commentating or, or anything like that, just the quality. And, you know, I, it goes back to what I've said. I really am not for it at this time. What they should be doing with these streaming services and ESPN Plus as well, um, they should be offering them uh, still on traditional uh, vehicle like cable network or whatever, and then offer, uh, especially if it's a pay-per-view, on these other 
uh, streaming devices at a, at a discounted rate to build up a viewer base, get all the bugs out of it, and then do the light switch and say this is where it's available. Uh, I did not, I'll be honest, I did not watch it. Uh, I did not, I, I refused to watch a choppy, choppy uh, broadcast. Can't stand it. It's, uh, it's one of my pet peeves. Uh, so uh, I'll be 100% honest, and I probably shouldn't even promote this, but uh, I watched it uh, the following. I watched it early this morning. Uh, you, you know, know I got I got up at I got up at six to 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 find it and watch it, and uh, I enjoyed it. Me too. And I got I was up at six uh, six ten. I watched it. I, and you know, I didn't even have to go to YouTube. I went to Google. Just Google the fight. It came up. And it was a beautiful. It was the one with Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, on the uh, uh, announcing team, that, that was that that was the zone. The, the, so yeah. they must have uh, they must have put it up there, but uh, they must have or somebody bootlegged it. Who knows? I'll tell you what. But I had a nice, clear, sharp picture, uh, and uh, you know it, it, it was good. Well, it just good. remember when when it, when it goes up on the screen, when it goes up, and you can play it after it's it's been streamed. Yeah. The the quality is way better. It's the stream yeah. that that falls prey to other things. But uh, anyway, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we are scheduled to have Dax Khan join us to get his thoughts on uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, seventh round stoppage over Povetkin. We'll get some other things uh, from him as well. Uh, so the bottom line is, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, supposed to be with us was my man uh, uh, Dax Khan and also uh, Sal. It seems like uh, uh, we've lost uh, both of these guys. So uh, uh, let me uh, see what I can do to bring them back. But in the meantime, um, I think that uh, uh, we were... uh, uh, talking about uh, you know the uh, issues that that uh, were taking place with um, the fact that Anthony Joshua was fighting uh, a smaller guy, uh, and I think that uh, that's something that's going to come into play um, a lot uh, as he uh, moves forward. But fortunately for him, uh, the next uh, opponent that he could have uh, certainly will not be. Uh, shorter than him Uh, it is looking uh, right now it's looking uh, as though um, his next opponent will be the winner uh, of the uh, um, Tyson Fury against uh, Deontay Wilder fight and uh, as far as uh, that fight is concerned uh, I uh, happen to like uh, uh, you know I, I, I listen 
I've talked a lot about this fight, um, uh, you know, in the past uh, about who I thought was uh, uh, going to win this fight. And, you know, I, I really didn't give uh, much of a chance to, uh, uh, to Deontay Wilder. But uh, my, uh, my, my opinions have changed uh, because, I, you know, I'm not seeing the improvements that I would like to see uh, with, uh, with Anthony Joshua. Uh, but uh, I think I got him back on the line. Sal, are you there? I am here. Can you see me? No, I don't see you, but uh, you got to flip you? your uh, camera on. But uh, oh, I flipped uh, it on. In any event, okay. uh, uh, we'll wait for that to, to get back up. But, uh, um, you know, I, the, we've talked about uh, the uh, Anthony Joshua uh, situation with him uh, not, uh, um, you know, doing too well, I should say. Uh, against uh, uh, against the shorter guys, uh, and you know the uh, the truth of the matter is is he's going to have to do something uh, to do that. Now the, the 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 truth of the matter is is he may not even have to uh, worry about it because it looks like his next opponent uh, is going to be uh, taller than him, uh, whether it's uh, Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. Um, ha, listen, we, we, Sal, we were talking uh, about the Povetkin fight, but uh, the fight that we all wanted was Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. It's still the fight we all want. Um, if you had to call and make a prediction of how the fight would go, and, and I, it's not really fair because we haven't seen Wilder fight since his fight with Ortiz, but that's the last performance we saw of Deontay Wilder. We've seen a performance uh, from Anthony Joshua uh, last night. How would you think that this fight would go if you had to make a decision and prediction right now? I say, as I've said all along, I'm still standing by my original prediction that Deontay Wilder is going to uh, shock the world and knock out Anthony Joshua. Well, you know, and we still don't have your uh, camera, so we're and just, we're, just going to listen to right. Sal until he can uh, uh, figure out uh, what's going on with himself. But, uh, um, you know, as much as it pains me to say, um, if Anthony Joshua doesn't tighten up his defense and, um, you know, uh, I... I, I I'm not going to disagree as much as I used to. Let me just say that. I'm not going to disagree with that prediction as much as I used to. And, and, and the reason why I say this, um, I, I, just, I, I just don't, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is and, and don't get me wrong, I don't see uh, Deontay Wilder improving at all. I see a fight with Deontay Wilder when he fought um, Ortiz that, he was in all kinds of trouble, and Ortiz couldn't finish the job. And the end result is uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, you know, uh, had a career-defining fight and win. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is all the reasons I always thought that Anthony Joshua could beat uh, Deontay Wilder was because Deontay Wilder's a one-trick pony. He doesn't have any footwork. He doesn't know how to box that well, even though he did the one time against Deverne. Um, his hands are down all the time. He's looking for the knockout punch. 
he's awkward, blah, blah, blah. But, and, and if, and if, you know, Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, fought the way he, he fought prior to last night, he's technically sound, but he gets caught, Sal. And I think that if he gets caught against Wilder, it's not going to be one of these. And, and don't get me wrong. I've said this a million times. I do not think that Deontay Wilder punches any harder than Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, and uh, Anthony Joshua got up from being dropped from Klitschko. But I just think that if Wilder connects, um, it's going to be connecting a punch that 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 Anthony Joshua, I know this is a stupid thing to say, but it's I I, I believe it, it isn't going to be expecting, and and you know a lot of times a fighter will be expecting a punch and weather a powerful punch. It's the ones they don't see or don't expect, and it may not be as powerful that puts him down. I'm just concerned with his defense, Sal. Bill, you know you said some powerful things, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: when Anthony Joshua, when we used to watch him and talk about him when he had 15, 16 fights under his belt and there was a graph that we can look at and chart that he had room and he had improvement each fight uh it looked like he was learning looked like he was improving um and you can look at Deontay Wilder what you see is what you get and it's the unexpected quote quotient and I think that Anthony Joshua because he was so fundamentally sound and predictable or this and that, why I said what I said earlier on uh, before this fight, that I think that Deontay Wilder is still going to stop and, and surprise the world by knocking out Anthony Joshua is because Deontay Wilder is so unorthodox. And those punches do come out of nowhere. And especially last night when I saw Pavetkin uh, catch a... Uh, Anthony Joshua with a three-punch combination, it shocked him. It surprised him. And it, it did definitely stun him a little bit. I think what you were saying is so true. It's going to be the unexpected punch. And I think that Deontay Wilder is going to be honing in and key and expect that same thing to happen. And he's going to make it happen. Deontay Wilder is that unpredictable. And if Anthony Joshua does get caught with one of those looping, looming punches, He's going to be in trouble, and I don't know if he can recover because those punches are just going to continue and swarm all over. So uh, that's why I predict, and I've always predicted, this fight doesn't – Anthony Joshua doesn't see the 10th round. And I'm sorry because I do like Anthony Joshua. I think he's a credit to the game. I think he's great. But I also do like Deontay Wilder, as you know. Well, I mean, look, I, if if I have to uh, – and, I, and, I, and I've been doing it for, for a while – if I have to evaluate both fighters, even despite, uh, you know, AJ's uh, struggles with shorter fighters, Wilder's not shorter. What, um, I think Anthony Joshua is more technically sound. Or I didn't like what Absolutely. I saw. I, well, I didn't like what I saw last night. But again, and, and defensively. But again, it, you know, I've said all along that, that, that AJ has trouble with shorter fighters. You know, he's not the same fighter when he's fighting a shorter guy. Um, you know, I, I came to the conclusion last night that, uh, uh, or actually early this morning, that Mike Tyson would have knocked him out. Um, Easily. You know, and, and I also think Mike Tyson would have knocked Wilder out. You see, Wilder, 
you know, Wilder all of a sudden thinks he's got this great chin because he with, withstood, uh, you know, uh, damaging blows by Vic, uh, by uh, um, Ortiz. And and I don't think that, um, you know, there's no way Ortiz throws the, the same uh, power punches that, that AJ throws. And the overconfidence that Wilder may possess would be his undoing, I, I think. Um, it would be. It, it, I mean... I think we... Go ahead. No, go ahead. no finish. Finish. All right. I was going to say, you know, and, and I've said this before, and, and you, you, you've reeled me in a little bit, but I still think that uh, uh, Mark Breland uh, is going to have that kind of session with uh, his fighter, Deontay Wilder and uh, prepare him for the unexpected or or give him an insight. And like I was saying earlier, those fights we used to watch Anthony Joshua uh, partake in when he was 15-0, 16-0, we did see a good learning curve. He came back to the next fight with what he learned from the prior fight. Uh, but I think that learning curve um, has halted his last couple of fights. I think we, we haven't seen much more room for improvement. Um, and he's not a total, all well-rounded, balanced fighter uh, at, at this time that we would probably like to have seen him evolve to be. Um, and then, like I said, Deontay Wilder, he, he has that one trick, but it's the trick that's got him where he is today. And I think it's the trick that's going to carry him for the length of his career as much as he wants to be or much as he wants to partake in. He, uh, he just has this freakish power. He doesn't know defeat. He doesn't know uh, he, he's going to get up. He's got a good chin, and I think uh, he's, he's well-conditioned. So I, I think, like, like we said and like I've said, that you know not everyone's going to agree with me, but I think that Deontay Wilder is going to be an undefeated heavyweight champion of the entire world. He doesn't know defeat, but hopefully he's, he doesn't know the quality either because he hasn't fought any quality fighters with the exception of Ortiz. Um, you know, you could say, you know, I, I give him credit. We all gave him credit for beating Stavern, but then we realized Stavern's a bum. Stavern is a bum with a capital B. I, I mean, I, you know, so how much credit does he get for, for that? You know, I, all of his fights have been against bums. And, you know, yes, I mean, even, even if you're fighting bums all the time, uh, you still uh, have an off day. Uh, but Anthony Joshua has clearly fought the tougher opposition, and he's a better fighter. There's no question about it. The equalizer is is Deontay Wilder's power. You know, a lot's going to be said uh, for the Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury fight. In case you guys missed it, it is tentatively scheduled for December 1st. It's going to be on pay-per-view, um, which is also an interesting thing. You know, Deontay Wilder uh, has not been a big draw. Uh, I think the magnitude of the fact that it, the winner of this fight will go on to fight Anthony Joshua will garner more interest than the two combatants themselves. This is my opinion. You know, um, listen, I've always been a big fan of Tyson Fury. He's oh. not he's not ready from his layoff to fight Deontay Wilder. I've always thought that Tyson Fury had a suspect chin. When I watched Steve U.S.S. Cunningham uh, rock him big time in their fight, 
uh, you know, it, it, it just it just made me believe that somebody's going to knock out Tyson Fury. Now, with that said, you still got to you got to hit him, and and you you got to be able to to prevent him from tying you up and everything else. He's a much much bigger man in terms of girth than Deontay Wilder. If he gets in close to Deontay Wilder and ties him up, Deontay is neutralized. Deontay Wilder will not be able to, to land a power punch if Tyson Fury's got him tied up. If Tyson Fury wins the fight against Deontay Wilder, it's going to be a decision win and it's going to be a boring fight. And to see Tyson Fury fight uh, Anthony Joshua, in presumably in England, it will probably be the biggest fight, not only for the heavyweight division, but for English heavyweight uh, fight scene. I mean, I, it would be huge, astronomically huge. Uh, so, I, you know, there's a lot on the line. The fight would still be huge, even if Tyson Fury loses to Wilder. It's still a big fight. You know, I wonder if Tyson Fury really thinks that he can beat Wilder or if he's looking for a cash out. I don't know. And when I look at Wilder against Tyson Fury, I think they see, they meaning Wilder's team, sees the same thing I see with, uh, with, with Tyson Fury's suspect chin. So they're going to go for the knockout. Um, it ought to be interesting. At the end of the day, the winner uh, most likely will be fighting Anthony Joshua uh, in April of uh, 2019. And uh, with that said, I, you know, I, again, regardless of who Anthony Joshua gets in the ring with, whether it be Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder, he's going to have his hands full. Uh, do I think he fights better against bigger guys? Definitely. Uh, he showed us that last night. But you can't fall asleep on Deontay. You can fall asleep on Tyson Fury. And, you know, I could see um, Deontay, I mean, uh, Anthony Joshua's uppercut doing some severe damage to Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's susceptible to the uppercut. As far as uh, Deontay Wilder, um, you know, if AJ is able to box him and keep his right hand neutralized, he's going to knock him out. I, I mean, I just don't think that Deontay Wilder has uh, collected the experience uh, in the ring to fight a, a, a guy as, as big and as strong and as, te as technically as sound as Anthony Joshua. I just don't see it. Well, I, I know that he has not really faced a fighter like that in a, in a sense. And that's why it's going to be a mega fight. And, you know, you were saying I, it, last night, again, Anthony jo Joshua drew over 80,000 fans sitting ringside. That's incredible. I mean, this guy can make a living in his backyard fight after fight after fight. And I'll tell you, it, it's just a tribute. Can you imagine that 80,000 plus fans sitting in a, in a venue in a fight I mean that's a roar and uh, that's that's unheard of I mean that, that's phenomenal and no matter what this guy does over there he, he's an 80,000 plus uh, draw uh, for for all to uh, cash in on and I think it, it says a lot so uh, if you know if, if Tyson Fury does upset and get past Deontay Wilder and you'll see that fight. I mean, how much more can they fit? Where are they going to hold the venue? What are they going to do? Because 80000 is not going to be enough. <laughs> it's going to be astronomical. Probably the largest paid gate in the history of boxing to come. But uh, with that being said, 
realistically. Uh, you know, it's no cakewalk for Tyson uh, Fury or for Deontay Wilder to face each other. It's not going to be a walk in the park. They're, they're both going to have, as you suggested, you know, that big girth around Tyson Fury. If he does get close enough to Deontay Wilder and grab him and hold him and tie him up, yeah, Deontay, Deontay Wilder is going to have to learn to shake loose, step back and come in, bam, and overhand right again. Uh, just get enough room to punch. Uh, and that's what he'll have to learn in, in his sparring sessions and with Mark Breland if he does not have that experience already. Well, um, you know, he does, uh, the, the, the question is, uh, listen, I, I'm a, I think Breland is one of the better trainers uh, that are out there today. But you got to listen. You know, the, the, the difference yeah. between a, a fighter that has a good trainer, uh, a successful fighter with a good trainer, is if he listens. There's many fighters that do not listen to their trainers. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're blaming it on their trainer. I mean, Sergey Kovalev is a great example. He loses two fights against, uh, uh, what's his face? You know, it's so funny, you know. Um, that, that was the problem. Nobody nobody even remembers uh, uh, his name. But, uh, um, you know, he loses two <laughs> fights. Ward? Yeah, that's the guy. He loses two <laughs> fights against Ward, and... Um, you know, he gets rid of his trainer. You know, I, you know, you blame the trainer. You know, come on. Um, listen, Anthony Joshua, I still think is the best heavyweight out there. His 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 kryptonite, so to speak, uh, is uh, shorter fighters. Fortunately for him, the next two potential opponents or the next opponent out of the next the you know two choices is not going to be shorter. Uh, it's going to boil down to you know who's the better fighter. And Anthony Joshua is the better fighter over Deontay Wilder. I w I'd be, I'm nervous if I'm AJ about Wilder's power, but Wilder is overconfident. He's had guys in his ear for his whole career telling him how great he is. Uh, you mentioned 80,000 uh, fans that support uh, AJ. It's been the case. He sells out these humongous stadiums uh, every time. And then Wilder was uh, uh, misled and, and, and held out uh, because he said he was a draw. My, you know, listen, Wilder's not a draw. And I don't know how great his fight against uh, uh, Tyson Fury is going to do uh, with numbers. But the bottom line is this. If Deontay Wilder beats Tyson Fury, it would have been a smart move for Wilder to hold out uh, to fight Wilder, uh, to fight Joshua, because he will definitely get more money than we all felt he should have already taken. Uh, but if he loses the fight against Tyson Fury, I'm sure there's a rematch clause in it, so we'll have to watch another one. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, he's clearly going to make the most money ever in his 40th fight or 41st fight, uh, whereas uh, Anthony Joshua has made more money than, than Deontay Wilder, will, I think, will ever make uh, in his career, even if he keeps going. You know, the funny, well, thing, the, the funny thing is, though, Sal, uh, is that, you know, Anthony Joshua could fight me or you and still make that kind of money. <laughs> And that's the big difference with, with Deontay Wilder. I think he's going to have his hands full with Tyson Fury. I just don't think, aside from his punching power, he's just not that good. And uh, he's not that smart. And he's surrounded by people that are taking advantage of him. Um, so we'll see what happens. Well, we will see what happens. And, you know, it, it does give me, this year has flown by. And we've, 
have had some decent fights, uh, uh, and and I think uh, it'll close out a good uh, good year of fights uh, with Deontay Wilder facing, uh, um, yeah, um, Tyson Fury, and I, I think it's a good fight. It's a good match. Uh, and I, like I said, it's no walk in the park for Deontay Wilder. He's got to be careful because, uh, you know, Tyson Fury is a loose cannon in his own right. He's a crafty fighter. He's a he's a smart fighter. And he's not going to go in there just to lie down and be fodder for, for Deontay Wilder to, to go on to the next step. He's going to give some good opposition. I think it's going to be a very good, exciting fight. And... Uh, you know, ultimately, I do think that Deontay Wilder will stop him and knock him out. But either way, we're going to see a, a great fight in, in, in April with uh, Anthony Joshua doing what he did on his part. And now we'll just see if it's Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. I, I don't know if it's going to be exciting. I think I think it's going to be... I think it'll have moments of drama. Well, I, I think that, you know, Wilder's biggest weakness is he can't box. He can't box. And Tyson Fury's biggest asset is he can box. Tyson Fury has a, a really good jab. Uh, he knows how to tie up fighters. He knows how to lean on them, uh, put all of his weight on those kinds of uh, fighters. Uh, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder, I've said it all along, um, has got a weak mid-session, midsection, even though it looks solid, but nobody's really taken advantage of it. And I don't think, to be honest with you, Tyson Fury will either. He doesn't have the power to. But maybe no. AJ will. But, uh, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. Sal, we're going to have to kick you to the curb here because we're going to bring in uh, uh, Alex, and then we'll come back to you after Alex's segment. Hopefully you can get the uh, uh, video because we like seeing your face uh, on here. Much. But uh, see what you can do with that. And uh, we will uh, be back to you in a few minutes. But uh, right now I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, we are scheduled to have uh, Alex Propali, and we'll get his thoughts uh, on uh, on the fight last night and where it's going to go from here. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy. Man, uh, I need you to take this one. All right. Wait. What? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C? Damn it. Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, speaking of being with us, joining us right now, someone who's uh, a lot more technically savvy than uh, my main man, Sal Rocky Senecola, who can't figure out how to click on his camera uh, every time. I hung up on him. I'll give. Listen, I will say this. I mistakenly hung up on Sal, so it, it, it was partially my fault. But come on, Sal, you got to be able to know how to click the camera. But this guy, he clicked the camera. Joining me right now is uh, my man uh, Alex uh, Propali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Alex. Can you hear me? Well, I guess you can't hear me. Can you hear me, Alex? We, we can hear you. 
I guess Alex can't hear us, uh, but uh, we can certainly hear him. Um, so uh, uh, we'll see what uh, see what's going on there. Alex, as soon as uh, you can hear me, let me know. Uh, but uh, Alex is uh, patiently uh, waiting there. But uh, uh, unfortunately uh, uh, for uh, me, he can't uh, hear us. Uh, so uh, I'm going to have to somehow uh, reach out to him. But um, the uh, the truth of the matter is is um, you know uh, we'll try and uh, we'll try and get him to uh, to hear me. Um, but uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll hopefully. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll get back to him um, in uh, in a second here if he even looks uh, he can't hear me um, but uh, but he's gonna have to um, figure it out because it's on uh, his end man between uh, uh, between all of that it seems kind of kind of funny that we're having uh, uh, issues so as soon as as soon as uh, Alex can hear me um, we'll uh, uh, you can hear me now, Alex. You can hear me. Yeah, it must be something with the mic. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I was just—you know—the funny thing was, was that I was uh, uh, giving you uh, all these accolades about, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, being way more uh, technically savvy than uh, than Sal, and uh, all of a sudden I'm like, and here's Alex, and Alex wasn't there, you know, so. Uh, uh, yeah, and it, it must have been the Yeti. Uh, it's the Yeti. Uh, yeah. My microphone was plugged in, and I couldn't hear, but it asked me, do you want to use the Yeti? I said yes. Well, it's funny because I heard you. You're like, <clears throat> getting all ready. It's like, it's like, yeah, we hear you, but you ain't hearing us. Anyway, uh, back to the uh, the topic uh, at hand. Um, what would you think of the fight last night? Uh, I thought it was great. Um I am. I hate to be uh, the contrary man, but I think I am going to be have to be the contrary man uh, with you on you and Sal on a lot of things. I thought even though he did have uh, those moments at the beginning where he got stung, I thought Anthony Joshua looked great, and he looked that's as good. I would put that performance right in there next to Klitschko as um, you know his best. Uh, he closed the show, even though he. Uh, he got hurt a little in the beginning. Um, I thought the thing about the, uh, you're right, keeping that left hand down um, is not smart against a monster puncher like Deontay Wilder. And it did, it, those guys, uh, Sergio Mora and uh, Brian Kenny, they mentioned it. And um, I was like, why is he doing that? But if you watch, he's doing it, I think in part, because like you said, he's fighting a smaller guy. He's very smart, jo Anthony Joshua. He knows how to box a lot uh, better than Wilder, and he uses it under pressure. Um, Wilder, we've seen, can, in that frenzy of emotion and anxiety in a heavyweight contact, contest, can control himself enough to get the power to the target. Um, but it's wild and crazy. Joshua has so much more focus and knows how to use things he's learned in the gym. If you watch the seventh round, the way he was moving side to side um, and he was jabbing to the belly, that was what the thing with that low left was. Um, you're right, it invites a shot um, and you're open for it, but for him, it was great for the up jab. And he was up jabbing the hell out of uh, Pavetkin in those last two rounds. Um, yeah, because I had it, 
you, you should have given Povetkin the first because he stole it with that combination, even though it had mostly been Joshua's. So Povetkin wins the first three rounds, then Joshua wins the next three rounds. And in those rounds, that's where he started pecking away at him. And, you know, when you're being pecked at by a 245-pound man, each peck does some damage. And he was jabbing him to the belly and to the face. And um, it's it's the, those – I think he th throws three belly jabs before that short right hand that started all the dominoes falling. You know, it's interesting. I, you know, I, what you're saying I, I agree with from the aspect that Anthony Joshua is a technically sound fighter. I think his weakness is fighting small fighters, and I, and I believe we saw that uh, last night. Uh, as far as his performance goes – you know, it, you know when you get a fighter that's on such a uh, you know a, a plateau, and you know we start making it sound like he's never fought, like myself. You know, I, I know how it's easy for you to and everyone else to misunderstand my point. It's not that I thought he stunk up the place. I thought that he just looked vulnerable against shorter fighters. And I and I've said this all along. And last night was just so obvious. And I, I just said, wow, I'm just glad that. Uh, you know, being an Anthony Joshua fan, uh, you know, from a fan perspective, I'm just glad that his next opponent will not be shorter. I mean, uh, he will be facing, uh, hopefully, uh, the winner of uh, Wilder and Fury should that fight actually go off. Uh, but, uh, you know, I did not like the hand. I didn't I didn't watch that version of it, so I didn't hear any of that. Uh, but I did not like him fighting with that hand down, especially when he was getting caught at times. Um, I did finally come to the realization that Mike Tyson would have beaten him, Alex, uh, because of his difficulty with shorter fighters, but he's not going to be fighting a shorter fighter. When we look at the potential matchup with Deontay Wilder, it's a, it's a fight we've been talking about for a long, long time, and nothing's changed in my opinion. Uh, I still think Anthony Joshua will come out on top because Wilder doesn't possess enough skill aside from his power. However, now I put an asterisk next to it, Alex, because I think that if Anthony Joshua starts out uh, the way he traditionally does, a little slow, Wilder, should his game plan be what I would make it if I were in that camp to jump all over Anthony Joshua early, I think Anthony Joshua's in some trouble. I think if Deontay Wilder tries to get cute and tries to box him and take him into the later rounds because of uh, a lot of people's uh, opinion that A.J. tires uh, after the 8th and ninth round, uh, that's a mistake for Wilder. Wilder's chance, at, at, you know, keeping in mind that Luis Ortiz was his last uh, fight that we got to watch, so based on that performance and then looking uh, ahead of at a potential showdown with uh, Anthony Joshua, um, I, I just think that his chance of beating Anthony Joshua would be early on. Yes, I agree with you. I think that that's definitely, um, yeah, I think Wilder is better early and Joshua better late because of, yeah, what, what you're saying is is the thing about the powers, we're going to find out right away uh, because Joshua's hittable, uh, which Pavetkin proved last night. And, well, I'll get to that in a second. But um, And whether he could take Wilder shots or not, you're going to find out that right away. And if he can't, it's over. Uh, 
so that's certainly possible. I could see Wilder taking him out early because he hit so hard. But the thing that I would, the only thing that makes it such a good fight, a good matchup and such a tantalizing matchup is the times we've seen Joshua stung. He's come back. And sometimes you don't have that knowledge yet in a fighter, especially a guy with only 22 fights. Um, especially a heavyweight. Think about it, with Mike Tyson, he didn't get stung until what? Uh, Tony Tucker uh, or Bonecrusher Smith in the last few seconds of um, their fight. And Mike had like 27 fights by then. So, um, and uh, I think, you know, when the further you back, go back in, well, uh, but see, when the people used to take challenges, that's the thing that's cool about this is that we already know Wilder, I mean, uh, Joshua has been in the more competitive fights, I think, so far. And like I was saying, he yes, he took out two former gold medalists. They were both 39 years old. That's the big uh, knock, you could say, on him. But both the Povetkin and the Klitschko wins, to me, those two wins are better than the one Ortiz win. I mean, the other big win uh, that... Wilder has is the first Stavern fight because to me he looked great that was the best he ever looked in terms of uh boxing and the ability to stick to a game plan and look like wow this is a heavyweight champion that you if you couldn't get past the, that style he's so such long-armed um forget it you're not gonna win he's gonna beat your ass um, and then the Ortiz, he showed that he could has bone-crunching power. But the thing that Joshua has shown is there's a lot more wrinkles to his game. That's where I think that, um, that the whole thing of, like, power, you never know how a guy's going to react to that. And, and that's where a guy like Mike Tyson, if they if, – because you're right. It is – when you see a heavyweight champion that's good, it's easy to want uh, – if you know the history of the sport, to imagine him against other guys – and yeah, I'd love to see him against a fantasy matchup between him and Mike Tyson. And I think that that combination that Pavetkin landed in round one was Tyson-ish because it was all in, sh it was short chopping punches. And that's the way Mike fought. And the thing that because Joshua showed that vulnerability, um, yeah, it's easy to think, well, if Mike Tyson could do that, uh, he's so much faster than Pavetkin and could fight you in real close. Um, I don't know uh, how Joshua would hold up against that. But see, the thing about Joshua is that he doesn't clinch, Bill. I mean, that's one of the things that also Brian Kenny brought up was that this was a fun fight to watch. Um, that's what even the last two Joshua fights weren't that thrilling. Um, I don't know. To me... I've enjoyed Klitschko, Joshua, and uh, Joshua Povetkin more than most of the, I like the Ortiz-Wilder fight, so I don't know. To me, that's that's a factor, is uh, the style is more appealing of Joshua. I can't wait for them to fight. I don't think it's going to be in April, that's for sure. I think that's just a PR stunt. Um, but uh, I think they might fight next, like a year from now, just like we might get Canelo Golovkin 3 a year from now. But we're not getting either one of them this uh, in the spring. Well, listen. First of all, first of all, the vulnerability we see with AJ is only against smaller fighters. He does not possess that same vulnerabilities against guys his size or or slightly shorter than him. 
Um, so, so that's just something that when you when you look when when you look at the two fighters, and I'm referring to Deontay and 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 uh, AJ. When you look at their paths to where they are today, Deontay Wilder has been coddled. He's been fed cupcake after cu- he's been fed so many cupcakes. I'm surprised he's not a diabetic at this point. You know, I mean, I mean, it's true. His and and, and although I would agree with you. With this, the first Stavern fight, we learned that Stavern's a bum. He he was really a bum in that fight. The difference was that that was the best fighter at that point that Wilder had to face, and they were cautious. But because Wilder won that fight, and because subsequently he's won everyone after that, and you know has fought uh, seemingly uh, decent fighters, even though uh, you know we all question uh, you know their mindsets getting in the ring. What's happened to Wilder, and it may be his biggest enemy, is that he's overconfident, especially after showing us that he was able to withstand uh, Luis Ortiz, uh, that, that, that beating he was given Wilder up until Wilder turned the tables and knocked him out. I mean, that probably was the best, the worst thing. Uh, that could have happened to Deontay Wilder because now he has this seemingly uh, mindset of invincibility, and that's going to hurt him when he fights a technically sound guy like Anthony Joshua. Now, the first fight at hand for Deontay is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is not a technically sound fighter. He can jab, he can box, he's wily, he can hold you up, he can tie you up, he leans on you. He, He knows how to win. That's a big difference than being technically sound. Fury's not technically sound. Fury doesn't throw the uh, the power that a man his size should. Now, I used to say the same thing about Nikolai Valuev. Nikolai Valuev did not possess the power that a guy that's, you know, seven foot tall should possess. I mean, one punch from a guy that big physically should have knocked uh, his opponents into the third row. and And he really didn't. And I think the same thing can be said about Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury wins fights. It's going to be an interesting matchup. But the fight, the potential showdown between Tyson Fury and AJ or Deontay Wilder and AJ, I think both of those opponents um, are underdogs going against Anthony Joshua because his technical uh, ability. However, if they were short, uh, you know, oh, and what I was m- meaning to say is Anthony Joshua's road to where he is today has not fought smaller uh, fighters. For the, the times he has fought smaller fighters, he struggled, Alex. Yeah, I mean, that's what's uh, going to be interesting about this, uh, the, the Tyson Fury wrinkle, because I don't know, I, if Tyson Fury is in shape, and that's a big question mark, um, he looked like he has improved, certainly, and I thought he looked good in his last performance. Um, He—he's the guy. He's the most. His name is his. His name doesn't conjure his style at all. He's nothing like Tyson, and there's nothing furious about his style. It's—it should be Tyson frustrating. Um, that fight is going to be ugly, but. It will be uh, this great big tangle of arms and two gigantic men. These guys, like you guys were talking about that, they do make it a worthwhile discussion 
to think about a junior heavyweight class because the three of them are also gigantic. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a fascinating matchup, Tyson Fury versus uh, Wilder, if it happens. I don't. I think we could see an upset because, again, and, and it, it's. I, I hope we do get a chance to talk about Canelo Golovkin um, because, remember, the thing about this sport is if you don't land that big stroke, um, it comes down to judges and it comes down to a subjective opinion. And all you got to do is win three 12-minute rounds. And Fury might be able to do that uh, because think about it. I could see him tapping Wilder enough. He has the discipline and the style. Um, you know, it's he has the discipline for 36 minutes, let's put it that way, um, uh, to put a game plan on Wilder to make it, as long as Wilder, as long as he keeps Wilder away from his chin, um, he could outpoint him in an ugly fight. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm very excited about these three heavyweights we have. I, I do hope eventually uh, we have a tournament that crowns one of them. I don't think it'll be April 13th. I think, Like I said, I think that's mostly hype. Uh, Eddie Hearn putting out, he's very smart, that guy. Put it out there and make it seem like now Wilder doesn't want to fight them. But think about it. If, if uh, Fury and uh, Wilder have... Um, uh, rematch clauses, which the rumor of what I was seeing on the interwebs last night, it sounds like they do. There's no way they would take a, they would pause the rematch to fight Anthony Joshua. Um, so I think that's just sort of posturing for the media to make it seem like now Wilder doesn't want it, uh, which is smart by Eddie Hearn. But um, again, I do think, um, like you said, of that of the three, Joshua is the guy I think will prevail. Uh, because he has the most skill, and usually you do have to go through with the most skill. Also, he's so likable, Bill. I mean, the interview is great. I don't know. I, I'm more of a Team Joshua guy than a Team Wilder, even though how could you not like power? I, I'm, I'm with you. And and I think that, that Anthony Joshua is, is way better for the sport of boxing. I, I just disagree with – you alluded to the fact that A.J. maybe didn't want the Wilder fight. I, I think Wilder did not take the fight. They did not want the fight. They rolled the dice, and as it appears, the dice came up in their favor because this fight against Tyson Fury for Deontay is going to establish Deontay Wilder um, to give him more bargaining power when he inevitably steps in the ring with, with Joshua. And now that they're resurrecting the linear title that Tyson Fury all of a sudden uh, possesses, even though technically he does, but, you know, I mean, what, what if the guy never came back, we, we end the lineage of the heavyweight division uh, right then? I mean, he was out for almost three years. Now they're doing that same way they did with Canelo and Triple G. It's, it's just a marketing ploy, but should uh, Deontay win that fight, uh, they will say, well, he's got the, he's the linear heavyweight champion. He's got the green belt, which everybody wants, and they're going to discredit all of the other belts, the whole truckload of belts that AJ has. You know, so um, no Wilder, they don't want to drag the fight on. Wilder's older, and you know, yes, your powers are lasting to go, but Anthony Joshua really should be getting better and better as time goes on. He's gonna things are going to click and they're going to become automatic for him. Thankfully, he doesn't have to face any shorter guys in the immediate future. 
that's something that he should have learned. And and Alex, this is something that is so different with today's sport. Back in the day, a guy would, you know, okay, we got to get you experience fighting a shorter guy. He'd fight 10 or 15, maybe even 20 fights against shorter guys, shorter righties, shorter lefties, guys that attack you, guys that box. And then, okay, I have experience with short guys. Today, you need to fight a shorter guy. They put one bum in there with him. Oh, he knows how to fight shorter. Okay, now he needs to fight a southpaw. One southpaw that can't that can't even hit the side of a barn when he's standing in front of it. Oh, yeah, he okay, he's experienced now. And and they move him along. So, you know, the whole nature of the sport is is pathetic. We're running out of time. I know you want to talk a little about Triple G and uh and Canelo. Uh, we talked about it last week. My 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 thoughts are still the same. Um you know, the fight was was an entertaining fight. Uh, I believe it could have gone either way. I personally scored at 115-113 for Triple G. But again, the only person that Triple G has to blame for not winning the fight decisively was uh, not attacking Canelo. Canelo stayed in the pocket more. Um, Triple G, this is in my opinion, Triple G did not... Uh, you know, be the ring general I thought he was, um, you know, complaining he was robbed and, and other people saying he was robbed is false. Uh, it was a close fight. Those rounds were could have gone either way. Like I said, at the end of the night, I scored at 115-113 for uh, uh, Triple G, but I give credit for Canelo. He did fight a good fight. As far as a third fight, uh, I do believe they're going to have it. And if you're right, uh, Triple G will be uh, pushing 40 by the time they get in the ring. Poor guy, yeah. And that's not going to help him. Um, yeah, I thought we were really treated to an excellent rematch, uh, much better than the first fight, uh, meaner than the first fight, much more action. I don't think they clinched until the ninth round. Um, the uh, um, It was incredibly close. Uh, I think that the thing, uh, and, and I did listen to you guys last week, and you're right, that whole, the story of the fight, that was annoying. Um, but I think his point, and they really, the thing that's always bothered me about HBO is that it seems like there's a big bucket of Kool-Aid with them, and that's the, the storyline of the show. And they're all drinking it, and they're banging it down. And they stay on that, and they hyper-focus on that. So if you watch them, and you're not a person who's watched boxing a lot, um, you kind of come away with just being a clone. And anything they said, you say. Um, I think that, that the thing that was weird about this time was they were so surprised that Canelo was fighting in a totally different style than last time that they were completely, like, on the Canelo side for about seven rounds before they realized, wait a minute, this fight's really close. Um, and then they started being a little more fair. Uh, so I, I think that it is, and again, it's like the Kool-Aid. They're all on the same page. Um, the thing that was shocking this time, uh, that is what Canelo did, is he got right in Golovkin's face. It really, like he um, foreshadowed at the weigh-in, uh, he charged right up to Golovkin at that weigh-in, and that's how he fought. He never went to the ropes. It was Golovkin who retreated a few times. Um, he took Golovkin's best, and Golovkin couldn't beat him at that game. That was what was impressive. That said, the first time we watched it, what we did is 
you know how you could just you know a lot of times if you're at home you score it on you score it on one page and you do round one you know you put them all out but you can look at that and say well I've given three to Kolovkin I feel like Canelo that was so close I'm going to give it you know so we did like the pros do uh, and we had. 12 little pieces of paper, I wrote them all out, and, and me and my friends did that. The first time I scored it, I thought Canelo beat him, and beat him pretty convincingly. But when I added up my cards, I had a dead even. I had a draw. Then the second time I watched it, uh, I, I scored it like you did, 115-113 uh, for Golovkin. Uh, but I don't really have a big problem with the uh, decision, the only thing I do, and Al Bernstein tweeted this last night, um, uh, that 12, 12th round was Golovkin's round. Uh, and I think one of the judges did, uh, one or two of the judges uh, had it for Canelo. Two of them did. Two of them had it for Canelo. And, and that is the part of the sport that has got me sour. Right. Because... Well, Reddy and Weisfeld had it for Canelo, and that's kind of screwy. Yeah, it, it, it's got me sour because what's happening is this sport, there's always been, you know, um, alleged corruption. <laughs> um, but uh, but the truth of the matter is now, I mean, these guys, would it, Triple G needed to knock out Canelo to, to win. Um, we were either going to get another draw or exactly what we got. Um, the way these fighters are moving, Floyd Mayweather, oh, I'm going to fight Manny Pacquiao, and now he's going to fight somebody else beforehand, and, and it's, he's going to pick some guy that's not a boxer. I mean, you know, the people that are buying into this are adding to the demise of boxing as we once knew it. It's more like a real version of the WWE than anything else. Um, you know, I want to I wanna kill somebody. I'm going to kill somebody in the ring. You know, I, I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, Mike Tyson you know, lost every uh, advertiser that he had when he said he wanted to eat Lennox Lewis's children's, when he bit him on his leg, when he said, you know, all of this, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you make a woman noises, and, you know, I, I mean, all these things, you know, were so outrageous, and now we look back at it, and it's and it's a joke. It's like you know, there's no secret that I'm a Jets fan. Back in the day, Mark Gasson used to do his sack dance. Well, they outlawed that. Now, when you watch these guys with their celebration dances, you know, duck, duck, goose, and lining up for home runs and all this stuff, it's 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 out there, man. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, well, uh, I tell you one thing though about that um, the Canelo Golovkin uh, this you know, series of these these two fights is that 10th, 11th, and 12th round. Those rounds were amazing. Um, and in the 10th, Golovkin lands what's probably his biggest right hand and most damaging right hand of the fight. And Canelo, his chin is ridiculous. He just sort of sinks his chin into his chest and then slips and slides out of the way Bill, I counted like 17 or 18 shots. And Golovkin just gets a little arm weary, and then Canelo comes back on. Um, it was a really good fight. In the 11th round, it looked very much like half the round, um, Golovkin was uh, very badly hurt from a Canelo body shot. He don't like and the body. That's been his weakness. Right through it. Yeah, that's been his. We got a hell of a fight, and even in that twelfth round, um, 
I don't know. It's sad because you do think that maybe Golovkin did kind of get screwed, but it wasn't a robbery. Was not. Um, but it is sad to think. Well, I guess it's not sad. It's the way it goes. Things always break in favor of the most powerful promoter. Uh, and I think in a way that not to take anything away from Canelo because he fought a bad ass fight. Hey, Alex, Alex, I got to go now, but let me ask you one quick question. If that same fight, the same way it unfolded, was in New York or was in California or was in Chicago, what's the result? I think Golovkin wins. Okay. And and the reason why, and, and the most powerful promoter in the sport of boxing today is Eddie Hearn and his matchroom uh, sport, right? Yeah. The Golden Boy has got juice in Vegas, and that's why he brings his fights there um, because they want the revenue stream, and he's always going to get the benefit of the doubt, and it's sad. I don't like it. I don't want it in the sport, but it's a realistic uh, piece of the sport. It sucks, but and, and and once that goes away, we'll be okay. But uh, um, I'm with you. If it was in uh, any other place, I, I, I really think that uh, Triple G gets a nod or we get a draw. And, and you know what? Unlike a lot of other people, I, I wouldn't have minded uh, another draw. I, I mean, yeah, it, it deserved it. It deserves. That's the thing. They say a draw is like kissing your sister, but if that was what uh, a draw is like, then your sister's like Megan Fox. <laughs> well, listen, the one weakness we all saw with uh, Triple G is he does not like to get hit in the body. He demonstrated that in the first fight and certainly in the second. Uh, Alex, I appreciate it. We look forward to you next week, brother. Take care, Billy C. That's uh, Alex Papali. You could check him out on a website and right here uh, every week. I got to take a break when we come back. Hopefully, my man Sal Rocky Senecola will figure out how to work his camera. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could join us. And joining us, the technically sound and technical savvy Sal Rocky Santacola, who's got the video back. Sal, I'm impressed. I, 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 I mean, you, you obviously clicked the right button this time. Yes, yes. I just observed what the choices were, and I just uh, subtly just uh, went over the right cursor and clicked. You mean you put your cursor over the right choice and clicked? 
That's right. Yeah, that too. But I don't don't curse anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, I'm glad to do that. I'm glad you did that. But uh, uh, as I was uh, bragging for Alex, uh, he too didn't even have his uh, speakers on. So uh, we're getting killed here. But uh, uh, some interesting points. Uh, Alex felt that uh, Anthony Joshua looked uh, great uh, in the fight. And I think, uh, you know, I I think my... um, uh, you know, comments uh, wasn't really saying that he looked awful. I just think that he kind of looks awful against shorter fighters. I'm not going to take anything away from his technical skills, but uh, uh, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, great fighters look great against no matter who their opponents are, Sal. I, I guess that's my my opinion. Well, again, Bill, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, and I know, uh, I know we, we, we have to always bring it up or go back. I think, you know, because we're still leftovers from the 70s and 80s. And every fight we saw was great. And and, and uh, basically every fight. I mean, there were some ham and eggers. But the but bottom line is we just saw so many great fights that, uh, you know, today it's, it's a different world of boxing. And, uh, uh, yeah, not saying that Anthony Joshua looked terrible. He didn't. He, But he... he like I said, I think he hit a roadblock in that learning curve, and we haven't seen much different, uh, a, a, a much more different fighter in his uh, latest fights. And I think that's that's probably the stumbling block you and I have as to see his greatness. And and in all, all due respect, he's an undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, and uh, he has beaten some decent guys. And to get there, and uh, he's uh, he's still going forward so you know i think it also reflects upon your opponent you rise to the occasion and uh you know this was an opponent that was definitely uh challenging definitely uh cagey in a sense and uh uh more used to fighting a taller opponent than anthony joshua's used to fighting a smaller opponent so well let's it let, is what it is. let's be real here we are we're yeah. criticizing a guy who didn't look his best in the first half of the fight made the adjustments, came on, and he won the fight, not by a controversial close decision. He knocked the guy out. I mean, yeah. you know, I, so my, my point isn't to be critical against Anthony no. Joshua because I, I, I think he's the best heavyweight on the planet right right now. But I definitely see, um, you know, a, 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 a chink in his armor, so to speak, you know, Absolutely. so to speak. He, uh, uh, you know, has more of a difficulty fighting shorter fighters and and the only advantage that he has right now is that he doesn't appear to need to face a shorter fighter anytime soon um you know he is going to fight again in april hopefully it'll be against the uh the the winner of deontay wilder tyson fury if it is against if tyson fury beats deontay wilder it won't be against either of those guys in april and the reason is because they'll have the rematch uh, Which I just learned from Alex when he mentioned that. You want to see this whole thing go to hell. I mean, this whole thing with the rematch, you know what the clause should have said? The winner of this fight goes on to fight Anthony Joshua with the next fight being a rematch. Nah, well, you know what? Let's be real. When contracts are written, they're written about the, the, the fighters that are fighting. Anthony Joshua was in nobody's mind uh, when they closed the deal for uh, Wilder against Fury. Now, Fury, and, and you know the one thing that's interesting about that fight is I haven't heard any dollar amounts. 
And no. and you know, remember uh, the offer that um, you know Team AJ offered to Wilder. The final offer was fifteen million guaranteed, plus an extra five million to fight whoever he wanted uh, to lead up to a fight against AJ in April, and he turned it down. The biggest payday he had ever made prior to that was slightly under two and a half. I, you heard me right, two point five million, and that was against the Luis Ortiz fight. Um, you know, Tyson Fury has made money. Uh, he's also said that he wanted some outrageous amounts for the rematch of Klitschko. He off he wanted outrageous amounts to fight AJ right now, uh, and then all of a sudden he accepts a fight with Wilder. Uh, with Wilder, uh, his team being the main promotional uh, company, which really doesn't have the revenue without uh, Showtime, but lo and behold, they put it on Showtime pay-per-view, and I believe that they are doing a percentage split, 100% uh, percentage split uh, on their purses, which is going to really uh, show us the kind of drawing power that um, you know Deontay Wilder has. I I really still believe that Anthony Joshua was the biggest draw in uh, in boxing today, and even though it's a great fight between Deontay and Tyson Fury, I don't think it's going to do as well as I would like it to do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it's going to be interesting to see how much money these guys end up in their hands uh, at the end of the fight, and and if Deontay wins the fight. And there's no reason for a rematch. If he knocks out Tyson Fury, then to be honest with you, Sal, there's no reason that Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua don't fight in April. If they don't fight in April, then we may never see that fight. That's my opinion. No, I agree with you 100% on that. And, you know, it's so funny. We should we should really keep tabs and see, you know, if, if Deontay Wilder took that $15 million last uh, couple of months ago. Uh, and they would have had another rematch probably in December between the two of those fighters, two, two of them. You know, he probably would have gotten another $20 million, maybe $25 million. So he's looking at maybe at this time $40 million, which he never had, uh, in two fights that would have been taking place in the same year. Uh, but, you know, like we said, I think he's going to probably get at least $5 million for the Tyson Fury fight. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think Tyson Fury is going to be a big draw, and I think that uh, he's got a lot of fan base that's going to chime into the pay per view. I think Deontay Wilder does have his his uh, his uh, fans, um, and they will come out to uh, to support him. Um, so I, I think I think it's going to do better than what you and I might think right now uh, on paper. But I, I, I think, I, I think uh, Deontay Wilder is probably going to get his biggest purse to date. And ironically, it's going to match the $5 million offer for any other opponent. That's what I believe. I, I'm with you. I think that he's going to get the biggest payday to date, but I don't think it'll equal double. I don't think it's going to get to $10 million. I, I'm, I'm with no. you. I, I think, I think he, when all is said and done, maybe he gets five or six uh, in a tough fight that he may end up regret taking. You know, um, uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, we're talking about Anthony Joshua's performance over uh, Alexander Povetkin. I said months ago that it was a dangerous fight. Uh, it, it proved to be a dangerous fight for Anthony Joshua, but he prevailed. 
you know, here I am uh, ripping him apart, saying he can't fight shorter fighters, which I still believe. But he won, and he won by knockout, and he's the only guy to ever knock out Alexander Povetkin. Uh, Povetkin uh, uh, has been in with uh, the best heavyweights uh, the division has to offer over the last decade. So, um, you know, it, it was an impressive win. He 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 won. Uh, there, there were, you know, differing opinions on where the fight was at that point as, in terms of the scorecards, um, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, he not only won, he knocked out Povetkin. Nobody could say it was waved off too soon. I don't even know if they should have let him continue. He had a hard time uh, getting, you know, his wherewithal together, um, you know, after he got to his feet, which was a struggle for Povetkin. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, uh, AJ finished the show. Uh, we'll set up a, a big fight in April. I just hope one of the dance partners are fighting December 1st. If not, uh, who else is there? You know, possibly uh, Adillian White, uh, who's uh, earned a shot, who's looked good. Uh, you know, I mean, th that's the guy. That would be the next guy, I would think. Uh, but uh, only time will tell, Sal. Time will tell, you know, it's so funny because I was listening and uh, Sugar Ray did a good job last night and I love what he, he said and he called it, you know, when they were uh, waiting for the referee to give him a standing eight count, uh, 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 Sugar Ray said, hey, this fight's over and it was, it was over and, uh, you know, it was an easy call, but uh, definitely a definitive one. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I, uh, I, I, I liked I'd like to see, I, me personally, I enjoyed seeing AJ uh, come back from a little diversity. You know, he, he clearly was rocked uh, in the first round. And, and that's when I started saying, oh, geez, he, he, he's rocked here. You know, what if he gets caught from, a, from one of the wilder bombs, you know? Uh, uh, you know, but, uh, but, but he's, he's smart and he keeps his composure and um, he finished the fight the way he should have. He did, and now you're starting to get into the story of the fight. <laughs> oh boy! But uh, I like—I appreciated Alex's uh, comment about that too. I listened to the uh, to the session with you guys. Well, you know the 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 thing is is that you know you can always find fault in a fight. Uh, or with a fighter in a specific fight. I mean, yeah. like we said when we opened up this show, you know, if you're not trying to improve every time out, then you're doing you're you're not doing the right thing. And I'm sure AJ is going to be able to go back and 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 see uh, you know where he can improve. But at this point, you know, if I'm Anthony Joshua and I'm his team, I have to start thinking about Deontay Wilder 100. percent Plan B would be a Dillian White fight. Um, you know, that's a big money fight. Uh, Dillian White is, is uh, he's an awkward fighter himself. It's a domestic fight. It keeps AJ over in England. If Wilder doesn't want to play nice, should he beat Fury? If he loses to Fury in December, then clearly uh, Wilder won't be uh, AJ's next opponent. But uh, Anthony Joshua needs to work on his defense. I'm sorry. He needs to work on his defense. He should not take the punches. He should never drop his hand down. I don't care if he was using it as a timing mechanism. I don't care if he was trying to lure uh, Alexander Povetkin in. Uh, but 
I don't. I personally believe no fighter should ever keep their hands down, and that's why I don't believe Deontay Wilder has a chance against Anthony Joshua. And while I, I even think that Tyson Fury is going to give Wilder a hard time, even though Wilder has the punching power, he has no defense. He's got no footwork. He's got no movement. He's got no, nothing other than punching power. Now, now I say that with an asterisk because he demonstrated footwork, he demonstrated a jab, and he demonstrated boxing ability in his first fight with Stavern. But since then, he has not used it. I've said this all the time, Sal. A fighter will revert back to what comes to him naturally when the going gets tough. And I guarantee it that if Deontay Wilder works on his boxing ability from now until April, come the first bell, he's going to revert back to his punching power and looking for a knockout. It is a natural thing. It's just something that we don't really can we can't control. And that's what's going to happen. I don't care what kind of a fighter you are. You learn a new trick. You learn a new system. You learn all these things. You apply it. You apply it. You apply it until the going gets tough. You get rocked. You get hurt. You get caught. And the automatic thing is to go back to no uh, doing what you know best. And, and Deontay Wilder is what he is. He's a one-trick pony. And uh, as long as Anthony Joshua can tighten up his defense, that fight's not going to the final bell. I don't think it's going to the final bell regardless of who wins. No, no, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to go to the final bell. At all, you know? No. I mean, no, no I, I, don't, I don't think so. Too. And I agree with you, too. If this fight doesn't take place between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder before uh, spring next year uh, or April, whatever, one of the same, uh, it's not going to happen. At least not for the championship. It's not going to happen. Um, Sal, what, taking, no, go yeah. ahead. Finish, finish. Yeah. And they're taking a roll of the dice with each opponent they face uh, beforehand. Um, as we uh, get ready to wrap it up here, one quick question. Um, yes, sir. You know, uh, Alex uh, brought it up, and, and I'll ask you one last time. We did talk about it uh, right after the fights on uh, uh, Saturday, last Saturday, when uh, Canelo and Triple G fought. We've had uh, some time to digest the fight. Has your opinion of that fight changed? Uh, I personally feel that uh, um, my opinion has not changed. I, I feel that, you know, I scored that fight 115-113 for uh, Triple G, but I'm not crying robbery because it was a close fight. Uh, and I give credit to Canelo. He fought the fight he said he was going to fight, and I fault Triple G for not being the ring general I felt he was, and I also believe, um, despite a 50-50 opinion uh, from the boxing fans that I've spoken to, I do believe there'll be a third fight. What's your thoughts uh, now that you know now that a week has gone by about the fight itself, and will there be a third fight? Well, I'll tell you what, there will be a third fight. I'm, I'm set on that, but I will tell you again, I scored the fight, and I tried to be very objective. And uh, the fight I saw, I scored 118 to 111. And that was in favor of Triple G. And I did watch the fight again. I still gave Triple G the victory. And what you said about Triple G not going to reckless abandonment and, and, and just pouring on the gas and giving rounds away, yeah, that's all true. But he's he still, in my mind, and on my scorecard, he still deserved the victory. 
And it's like I felt he did win the first fight. And like one of the one of the uh, fans of the show or contributors made a great point. I'm not sure if it was Mitch or whatever. Triple G's got to score a knockout just to get a draw. And I, I think that was very clever. But I, ironically, I think it was holding true because no matter how I look at that fight, Triple G, in my mind, in my eyes, and on my scorecard, won that fight last week with Canelo Alvarez. And... I think he's going to have to come back and fight uh, fight and listen to Billy C, fight with that reckless abandonment and, and, and just pour it on and be be aggressive throughout the fight. And he's going to have to show. And you know what I noticed, though? I will tell you this. In Canelo's favor, Canelo improved since that first fight. Triple G did not. No, well, no. The game plan for Canelo improved. I think Canelo, yeah. Canelo's a younger fighter, and he's got several years ahead of him. Triple G has been on the decline, and you know, uh, Team Canelo was smart to drag it out. Um, you know, the longer it took to make the fight, the better it was for him. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, the decision—I don't think a fight will go any different. If they have a third fight, I think Canelo will win again. I told you on the phone off air. I said, ah, you know, I want Triple G to win, but I think Canelo's going to win. I told you, you that. Told, you know, you told you me know, that. I, and I, and, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I've, I've still, you know, I was a big Canelo fan. I lost a lot of respect for him, the way he handled this fight and the steroid allegations and all those things. And I'm not going to get over it. You know, I'm move, I've personally moved on from Canelo. I could care less. When he fights, fine. I watch. I, I comment on it. But he's not one of these guys that I'd really, really like to follow, like an Anthony Joshua and some of the other ones, of course, uh, uh, Lomachenko, etc. But uh, anyway, boys and girls, we appreciate you joining us today. And I'm really glad that Sal uh, got his uh, put his technical hat on. Uh, I still believe somebody came by and helped him, but uh, whatever, he's uh, he was back with us. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, speaking of which, I want you guys to make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs> Da na 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 na